Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook and it's great to be in your company again. Ephesians, more in the series. And Malcolm Ryan joins us in A Pastor Talks. In recent programmes here on Serving Today, we've been thinking about the gifts that Christ has given to his church as part of our series on the letter to the Ephesians. As we've seen, such gifts are intended for the benefit of others to enable Christians to grow in their faith so that they become mature believers. We've been learning this with the help of Ray Tibbs. And Ray joins us again to introduce the next section of Ephesians. We're coming now to chapter 4 and verses 17 through to 24. And we might say that Paul makes the exhortation to the Ephesian Christians, don't live in the past. Verse 17, Paul presented a very strong appeal to the Ephesian Christians with the authority of the Lord Jesus himself. They must ensure they do not live as they used to live, according to the godless environment which still surrounds them. They were to be saints in Ephesus. And so readers are taught, first of all, to put off the old self. And here are verses 17 to 19 of Ephesians chapter 4. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. The former way of life for believers was exactly how those around them continued to live. Such a lifestyle must be consciously and definitely rejected. The basic condition is hardness of heart, which ignores the revelation of God. Believers have a new heart, Ezekiel 11 verse 19, which is responsive to revelation. Because our understanding is not darkened, ignorance is to be dismissed. Believers are not futile in their thinking like others who have no spiritual dimension in their life and are separated from God. They must not be envied or copied. Because believers are not insensitive to the things of God, they must put off any tendency to resist the constraints of God upon them. They should not give in to the indulgence of sensual appetites because the world has deceived them into thinking it is the right thing to do. The result of this would be corruption. 
a progressive decay which is hard to stop personally. Such an inclination to abuse must be firmly resisted. So what does Paul say in answer to such corruption and decay? He says that we must be renewed in the attitude of our mind. And this is what Ephesians chapter 4 verses 20 to 22 say. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Living in the same way the world does is inconsistent with what we have known from and about Jesus Christ. We learned about him and then came to know him. We discovered more than his title and the significance of his person as God's anointed, the only Saviour and Lord. We came to experience him as such, and in living fellowship with him, were taught to live as those belonging to him and as partakers of his life. These teachings were evidenced in the life of the historical Jesus. He lived what he taught. And as Christians, we are to do exactly the same, live how he lived and taught. Our renewed mind is arranged around the truth about him and not ourselves. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, our lives are being reshaped into his likeness as we put away the things of the past and adopt the new way of life found in Christ. Thank you, Ray. And what's the final important exhortation here? The final exhortation is to put on a new self. Yes, as verse 24 says, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The newness spoken of here is that of quality rather than time. Putting off can be a single action, although in practice it may well need repeating. To continue the analogy of a change of clothes, it is as if the new ones are too big for us, but we must grow into them rather than find something else which fits us better straight away. Jesus Christ himself is the perfect standard of righteousness. He's too big for us to fit into, but he exemplifies what is required from us, separation from anything which is unlike him, harmony with God, a reception and conformity to reveal truth. We consciously put on these things as part of our destiny in Christ, the very object of our creation. We cannot put on what is new without first taking off what is old. 
the past is not hidden, it is done away with. We cannot take off without putting on. We cannot stand unclothed before God. An absence of righteousness will be condemned as much as the presence of unrighteousness. There can be no interval between the two actions. They must be done together to achieve the desired effect. Colossians chapter 3 verses 5 through to 14 gives a more detailed explanation of this same image. Ray, thank you very much once again. We welcome back Malcolm Ryan with the series A Pastor Talks, and Malcolm has a searching question for us to ponder. In the second chapter of the New Testament book of Romans, the Apostle Paul mentions that God doesn't show favouritism. So do you want to know a not-so-pleasant little secret about everyone listening to this programme? It's this. Almost all of us walk around with thoughts of certain kinds of people we like and certain kinds of people we don't like. Isn't that true? We have one list of desirables and another one of undesirables. James, in his New Testament letter, says that if we love God, then just as he doesn't show favoritism, neither should we. In James chapter 2 from verse 1, the apostle writes, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? When the Lord Jesus started his teaching ministry, he took every opportunity to expose and transform the hearts of people with discrimination problems. For instance, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, the religious leaders were getting jealous about Jesus' growing popularity, so they came up with a plan to discredit him in a public setting. And the one way they thought they could do that was in his failing to keep their extra Sabbath day rules. Now, one of the Ten Commandments stated that people shouldn't work on the Sabbath, and the religious leaders have made up a few extra rules about this. Then, not liking Jesus, they thought they could catch him out. So they invited him to give a talk in a certain synagogue on a Sabbath day. And there in the front row, they placed a disabled person in the hope that Jesus would see him and heal him. And if Jesus did heal this person, it would be an exertion of energy, as if he'd been working. And then the religious people would be able to smear his reputation. Jesus comes to the meeting, stands up to give his talk, and yes, he sees this poor fellow with a shriveled hand. Then he sees the rest of the crowd, with lots of religious leaders leaning forward, looking at the disabled man as though to say, Come on, Jesus, heal him, and we'll bring you down with this technicality. Jesus sees the hardness of their hearts, and he gets annoyed. He looks at them, then he says to the man, Stretch out your hand. 
and he heals him. And they all jump to their feet and say, You broke the rules. In reality, these religious people couldn't care less about the disabled man. They were just interested in getting at Jesus through him. But in what Jesus did, he was saying to any thinking person, someone with physical disability matters. This means you don't embarrass them in any way. Instead, you show them respect and kindness, courtesy and love. How much do people matter? Well, let me put it this way. You've never looked into the eyes of someone who doesn't matter to God. Everyone matters to him. And this thought should motivate you and me to celebrate diversity and to reach out to other people, whatever their backgrounds or circumstances, and say, you matter to God and you matter to me. What a lovely thought with which to bring this edition of Serving Today to a close. Thanks to both Malcolm Ryan and Ray Tibbs. If you would like to get in touch with us, the details follow shortly. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God enable us to show God's love and his welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.